0: Welcome to today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing this fine Monday morning?
1: Yeah, baby! Happy Monday! What a day yesterday. It is a good Monday indeed, Timmy. I am feeling so good. Uh, watched the game live, watched it again in the evening. Um, a replay of it. <laughs> Just had the best time of my life. Watching this game, Um, I have Trevor Lawrence in a really important fantasy league, so that was tough, but I didn't care. But I'm doing good. (laughs) I'm doing real good. Timmy, how are you feeling this Monday morning?
0: Feeling great. The Niners are back. I could not believe my eyes. I mean, I could because it's what I expected to happen, but the 49ers are once again destroying, mediocre, or even good teams. I mean, the Jaguars with the number two seed in the AFC coming into this. Their defense... They're was a, they're a f- good team. Yeah, they're a good team. They were a vaunted defense. Trevor Lawrence is playing fantastic. And the Niners rolled right through them. Uh, this was the Niners team that beat the Cowboys. This was the Niners team of a month ago. And I don't know what it is. We'll talk about all the potential shifts it might be Trent Williams being back it might be the addition of Chase Young it might be Steve Wilkes on the sideline it might be all of them and Debo Samuel returning as well but this team was energized this team was back to playing like the Super Bowl contender that they are and they are a going to be a legitimate force down the stretch here in the NFL season and so it was we thought that would happen but I was still a little worried it wouldn't you know so it was nice to see that play out on our TVs on Sunday
1: it was so nice um it's just to give Jacksonville their, their credit. They're killing it. They're a great team. They are doing well. Um, as you said, they're second in the AFC, and they have a great team. They have a great defense, and they just got destroyed yesterday. They got beat, um, which is so fun for us because that's the Niners coming in hot off of a bye week, off of – well, so are the Jaguars, but uh, off of a, a three-game losing streak and just so much conversation – has been around the Niners. We've talked about it on here. Timmy and I have talked about it together and with every other Niners fan in the world about how you know people are saying the Niners are broken. This, 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 that, this, that. And we'll spend more time on it as we get into it. I think we should look at some highlights first. But Timmy made a comment about Trent Williams and then Steve Wilkes uh, or even Chase Young. Like, what factor was the key success yesterday? And I don't think there is a one thing, um, but we'll we'll get into each of those specifically. Um, but let's just go through some highlights of yesterday, and we won't be able to hit them all because there's not enough time for that. Uh, one of my favorite highlights from yesterday is the fact that C.J. Bethard played, because <laughs> that shows you it's a good game for the Niners if C.J. Bethard is coming in to play.
0: Also, a good game if Sam Darnold's coming into
1: play. Or did you yeah. mean? Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> potentially you're going for the same point that I am yeah when the backup quarterbacks <laughs> are in the game that's
0: that's what you want to see did you see uh yeah did, did you see skip Bayless tweeted something out like the 49ers are back like this is so great because it's gonna be different when we play them in the in the postseason." and skip is a, a Cowboys fan and Richard Sherman just replied oh are the 49ers gonna have to keep their starters in for the fourth quarter that time
1: yeah I man uh, there's not many re- analysts or reporters that I dislike more than Skip Bayless. Sorry. Is that okay to say on this? I um, think so. So thank Thank you, Richard Sherman for putting him in his place. Um, Is
0: Skip going to blackball us.
1: I sure go ahead. <laughs> I think we're too minuscule for him to do that. But another dude, I, I just can't get over. It. If I think about the play, I start to laugh right there. George Kittle's 66 yard touchdown one-on-one dude. Trips and fumbles, stumbles. I guess you can't use fumble in more than one way in football. But stumbles right as Kittle's getting that ball, and he is just gone. And he's having the time of his life as he's getting into the end zone. I think from the twenty or fifteen yard line, he starts stutter stepping. And then yeah, (laughs) from like the
0: five he just walked right in.
1: Walked right in. And did you see uh I gotta give it to Trevor Lawrence. On Ambry Thomas's fumble, he forced the fumble and then somehow he also recovered it. He picked it up and Hufunga's like, "Hey, we gotta go, we gotta go!" And then obviously the ball came back because Hufunga was out of bounds and touching him. No, no, um, no, that
0: wasn't that wasn't why it came back.
1: Oh. It came,
0: it came back because a bunch of 49ers players ran onto the field to celebrate because they thought it oh, was Oh, uh,
1: you're right. Yes, yes, yes. They thought yes. the play was over.
0: And the best part is, like, yes. Shanahan was asked about it. He was like, Well, Steve and I were on the field, too. Like, that's what he said. Like, Steve yeah, Wilkes yeah. and Kyle Shanahan were running onto the field, too, to celebrate because they just all thought the play yeah. was over.
1: I couldn't. <laughs> I, uh, I did see Kyle say that. And I was so excited when I asked him that question because I'm like, I saw him on the field. So I'm curious to see what he's going to say here, but regardless, before they because they never blew the the play dead until very late. Trevor Lawrence gets on his horse and he runs the entire length of the field, and as Ambry Thomas is practically walking or jogging into the end zone, Trevor Lawrence he it was almost a late hit because Thomas was already in the end zone. When Trevor Lawrence is like stumbling, probably trying to stop himself because he's going so fast. And running down the whole field trying to tackle Avery Thomas, hey, and that's honestly that he,
0: like serious good, like good leadership move right there.
1: Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like in the replay, I saw Christian Kirk give up. He thought the play was dead, and then he's not down there. I'm sure Christian Kirk is faster than Trevor Lawrence. I'm sure Calvin Ridley, the Travis Etienne, whoever else is on the field that's not a, run, uh, a lineman, and then no one is down there. It is Trevor Lawrence going. This isn't even my mistake, and I'm going to try to get down there to make a make a stop even when there's no chance. Like I just have mad respect for that, but it was a highlight watching him kind of stumble into Ambry Thomas and who Fung at the end of like, ah, good, good try.
0: Yeah. Good for, good for him. Ambry Thomas on the field a lot. I mean, we saw something we'd talked about a little potential move kind of took Isaiah Oliver out of that nickel slot position, moved Lenore over and we saw a lot more of Ambry Thomas playing outside corner and, I thought he I thought he played real well. I mean I, I've always liked Ambry Thomas. I will always like Ambry Thomas because of that game winning interception on Matthew Stafford a couple years ago. To me, it doesn't matter what else For he real. does. He will always be that player. But he played well. And I, I wonder if this is gonna be more of what we of what we see down the stretch. Because the 49ers clearly wanted to get Oliver off the field. And so if Ambry Thomas can hold down that outside corner spot, I, I could see us seeing a lot more of that down the stretch. And I, I thought he played well. So I was I was happy to see that.
1: Do you think we'll move forward with Warden, uh, Traverius Warden, Ambry Thomas on the sides, and then Lenore in the nickel? That's kind of what you expect. Gonna,
0: I think it's going to depend on the the teams we're playing. Isaiah Oliver's a lot bigger, right? He can hold with, hang yeah. with some of the bigger bodies in the slot more, so I think it's going to be game-specific. But, I mean, yeah, if Ambry Thomas keeps playing like that, I don't know why we wouldn't make that shift.
1: So next week, we're home against the Bucks, the Buccaneers. Who is their, Is Godwin their slot receiver?
0: Yes.
1: And he's, he's not a big dude. Is he not? No, he's pretty short. I mean, compared certainly comparatively to Mike Evans.
0: Yeah, Chris Godwin is
1: We're both looking up his height. Six, yeah, one. six one. Yeah. And so Mike Evans is six six, so
0: Mike Evans is six six. That I did not know. Yeah, so Sorry, I don't I know. Six, it'll, five. Be, six, five. it'll be interesting what we see, but the fact that they had Ambry Thomas out there, I think is a could signal well, a bit of a shift.
1: I'm with you. I just don't know if I feel as strongly about it as you do. Mainly because... Do you know how many penalties the Niners had yesterday? No. Can you guess? Three. Seven.
0: Not great.
1: And I, I think that's a pretty high number. The Jags had five. And I can tell you, Thomas had at least two pass interference calls, right? Yeah. yeah I'm he pretty did. sure it was two. And they weren't short ones either. So... That's where, and maybe I'm just being super critical of a younger. Well, I mean, he's same draft class as Lenore, so, but he's still younger, but more of a backup, a backup guy coming in, and then having two pass interference calls. That to me is like, ah, you're you're fighting here, um, and I'm all about them fighting for it. If, if they're not going to catch it, pass interference, make sure it doesn't get it, so it's not a, a breakaway touchdown. I just didn't think that was either one of them, um, and so when a when a Backup cornerback gets two pass interference calls or more or other penalties. My my thought, and you can tell me if this is if you think it's wrong or you think otherwise. But my thought is, oh, they feel outmatched, and the only way to stop is is to pass interference. I'm like, well, that's not the answer. So, so I think that um, I think that he did a good job, and I think that him and Calvin really were also just going at it. So he was playing pretty tough. If you saw Ridley's reactions afterwards, he was not a happy guy. And I get it; being pass interfered multiple times as a receiver, I'd be pretty heated too. Honestly, but I, I if think Thomas was just trying to get after him.
0: I think pass interference is usually like a pretty smart penalty. Like it just depends because you get away with it sometimes. Like you go, you want to play yeah. physical. You want to play up to whatever they'll call. You know, and there's times where it's like if it's in the end zone, and like they're gonna beat you, it's like then yeah, pass interference.
1: Yeah, and I, I think some guys don't do that enough. <laughs> Just because, hey man, it doesn't—you don't stop it. It's a touchdown. So, um, any other fun highlights? I mean, Fred Warner's interception was legit. I can't even believe we haven't said anything about. Um, I was I was annoyed about the announcers, but he's not wrong saying that it's like the defensive line coming out party, breaking out party. Um, it was and, though. It was. And I just, I think I just hate that it's week 10 and that's what's happening and it took this long. But my goodness, that was awesome where Trevor Lawrence was sacked five times. Yeah, five times. But um, I think three times it was by at least two guys. I think that there was, maybe it's just twice because there's four half sacks um, on this stat. Chase Young got a half sack with Nick Bosa, Cleland Farrell got a sack, um, Eric Armstead, and I believe, Maybe it was Javon Hargrave who got the half-sack together. And I mean, even Kinlaw played
0: well in in run defense at the beginning of the game there.
1: uh, You know, I did make a note saying that we had to throw a bone his way and and recognize Javon Kinlaw.
0: Yeah. Now, I will say nothing epitomized like the 49ers – I don't I think rejuvenated is a fair word, D line with, with Young and and Bosa, then the and how much they've talked about enjoying pl- that they're playing together again, then them getting that half sack where they hit Lawrence at the exact same time. I was like, that's just such a way to that's like the epitome of what this D line is about to become. Like I was just I was like, that's just so funny that they hit him at the exact same time on those half sacks.
1: It's unreal. I mean Asking the- Asking for
0: a friend, but do half sacks count for bold predictions?
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll count it there, because especially on some of those, I think they would have gotten to him as well if it, they weren't beat to Trevor Lawrence by someone else. Um, but you, I th- it's it's been a while. So much stutter. It's been a while, Timmy, since we've talked about our, I feel like maybe this is more just me, but I thought we were both pretty bought into the, the hope and hype of having a Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa defense. The Bosa brothers on the same team. Chase Young and Nick Bosa on the same team is far better than the Bosa brothers. I'm liking this way more and I I don't I don't ever want to see anything different. I sure hope we re-sign Chase Young. After one game, I'm bought in and really really want him.
0: Yeah, no, I never want him to play for a different team ever. He was he was kind of like one of the leaders coming out of the out of the locker room, super super fun. All right, Daniel, should we break down things just kind of in general on offense and defense real quick before we move on and preview the 49ers' next game?
1: Yeah, I could do this all day, so someone's got to hold us accountable here. Um, Starting, starting with offense, of course, uh, let's just note that, hey, everybody was healthy except for Aaron Banks. Debo Samuel, we all knew, was going to be back. Trent Williams was a game-time decision, and I was shocked that he did suit up. Uh, but Aaron Banks was that was some injury. I don't remember. Yeah. Trent, um, t-
0: Trent really powered through. He uh, he played well. I assume you saw the highlight of the Jaguars defender turning and running away from him rather than being blocked by Trent Williams.
1: So funny. I, th- that's I would do the same. That's my favorite play of the game. Yeah. So that was hilarious. Yeah, um, that was awesome. I can't. Re- I think we. This was just on, you and I talking before starting the podcast. If we were talking about some, yeah, talking about some of the press conferences. Um, so if you didn't know, Brandon Ayuk got the first touchdown. Uh, George Kittle got a touchdown. Uh, Debo Samuel got a rushing touchdown. Kyle Euzech even got a, a pretty sick touchdown. Chris McCaffrey did not get a touchdown, and his streak has ended at 17, tied for the lead of most touchdowns in a stretch of games. I believe they, it was tied with Lenny Moore.
0: They tried to. They had him out there with all so the backups. Hard. He got four downs on the goal line and couldn't put it in. Sam Darnold threw it to him. I don't know why they didn't just hand it off every single time, but yeah. well, check stole a goal touchdown play. from
1: him. But. The fourth and goal play was not it. I had a tough time with that play call where I'm like, you don't do an out route with the obvious receiver. I was
0: like, why isn't every Jaguars defender just standing next to Christian McCaffrey? Like, that's the only reason the Niners are still playing. Like, why are they pretending I wonder if they, they were to like, cover these other players?
1: <laughs> maybe out of respect of like, hey, they want to see it continue too, but there's no way they do. They want to be the team that stops it. But maybe <laughs> I just, I, I had the same thought as well but I was so bummed that they still stopped it and he still had one-on-one man coverage on him.
0: Brock told uh told CMC he said he said after the game he said, "Hey, we'll just we'll do it again." Which Daniel and I were talking about. The crazy thing is like that feels totally possible.
1: Yeah because um, we are we just saw it and it looked so effortless. So, we should um, shift
0: to to Purdy's play. I thought he had yes. a had a really good game. Shanahan was not a fan of his his touchdown pass to Iuke, said it was maybe the worst decision it, that Purdy has ever yeah. made in his time with the 49ers.
1: Well, even if if any of you guys were watching the game and you heard the I assume the same announcers, they pointed yeah, it out they perfectly said that. where you don't roll out left and then slinging across the middle of the field in the end zone, and the guy, like, before they even changed the camera, just normally in defensive plays or defensive schemes, especially in the red zone or in the end zone, I guess, Um, there's four guys in a square, in a circle right there, and he put it right in the middle. Now, it was a nasty throw, and he thread the needle right between them, but what a horrible, horrible decision, and Ayuk was just there and fought for it. And then they started talking about how Purdy had 33 interceptions in his college career. Like he's a risk taker, and I'm like, yeah, I'm about that. Especially if he's gonna pull him off like that one, but that was not a great decision. The outcome was awesome, but not not a not a great one to start with for sure.
0: Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. And I mean, I'm a little bit like it worked, so I have a hard time blaming blaming Brock but I will I will trust Kyle Shanahan I thought he I Um, thought he played a great game and I mean I think we've talked about this he had been playing well I think in the 49ers skid but everything just kind of came together all at once again for the for the 49ers
1: any guesses to what Brock Purdy's quarterback rating is yesterday
0: it was I think he's got I I'm not sure I think he has the best of the season of all quarterbacks like 109
1: or something one forty-eight. Wow, he's it was playing unreal. really well, dude. I'm, that's just why I was so frustrated the last few weeks when everyone is like, "Abort, abort!" Brock Purdy's not it, not it. <laughs> I'm like, I get it. He threw some interceptions. We lost some games, but I, I, just, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go on the rant again. But Brock Purdy only threw the ball twenty six times yesterday. Uh, had 19 completions for 296 yards. That's an average of 15.6. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. He was sacked twice and had a quarterback rating of 148.9. That is unbelievable. He was crisp, even with that poor decision that ended up in a, uh, as a resulting in a touchdown to Brandon Ayuk. He played incredible. So I don't. I'm not going to entertain any. Any Brock Purdy slander that I hear anymore, um, anytime somebody slanders him, I will just assume they don't know what they are talking about. Yeah, he played great.
0: Yeah, just a, a phenomenal, phenomenal Purdy game, and I think he's just he's playing really well. Brandon Ayuk's playing really well. It was really fun to have Debo back. That Debo kind of rushing touchdown was That's fantastic. Great.
1: It's like, that's the classic Debo rushing touchdown or play, the end around. It's it's, it's so good. Um, I've even liked the times where they give it to Ayuk first and then Samuel or the times where they give it to Ayuk and fake it to Samuel and Ayuk goes with it just because it's deadly either way. So that was great. Um, the one thing, Christian McCaffrey, like Timmy made a point, uh, I think before we started recording, he's like, hey, McCaffrey had 17 fancy points. And no touchdown. Like, that's how good he is for, for fantasy, but for real-life real football here as well. Um, but he also made stuff happen. I can think of at least three plays, one in the first and then two in the third quarter. Maybe it was one in the second as well. Um, where he made stuff happen, and there was truly no opportunity. And I know, like, even the announcers said he was down too early. Um, cause he, he broke away I think there was two or three guys surrounding him and he kind of just ran right through the middle. They're like, and Christian McCaffrey, oh, he broke through and, um, they were counting him out too early. So just another shout out to Christian McCaffrey for making things happen and making the announcers think that the play is over before it truly is a, as well.
0: Yeah, no, just a, a fun, a fun game all around. You could tell the 49ers were just having fun to be out there. And that was, that was really, really, really good. Daniel, you want to loop into your uh, one of your favorite segments? Get a little, or we should shift. I guess we got to shift to the defensive side of the ball. Hit Hufunga Kawabunga, and then kind of preview next week's game.
1: Yeah, the one other we had, we started at the the beginning saying some of the the factors that showed um a big Niners change, and, and we can we can comment about that right before we we preview the the next week. But looking on the the defensive side of the ball, um. It feels like Fred Warner is just the MVP and should be Defensive Player of the Year. It's, it's just how it feels for me. I doubt that'll happen and statistically might not hold up, but he's just everywhere. Uh, yesterday he had an interception, a pass deflection, um, and seven total tackles, four solo. Um, tackles were all spread out on defense yesterday. But uh, for Hufunga Kawabunga, Talanoa Hufunga had seven total tackles, five solo, one interception, one pass deflection, and I feel like that interception could not have come in a more crucial time. Um, just so fun. I don't even know how many he's got in the year, but every single time there is a tip in the backfield, if it's, if it's past the linebackers, because I think Fred and, and Dre will snatch them up pretty well, but Hufunga's all over it. Anytime there's a tip in the backfield, the ball barely hits the ground. He's just always getting a scoop and sometimes a scoop and score. So I thought he played phenomenal. I'm, I'm loving seeing this defense come alive and Hufunga be a huge part of that. Um, Yeah, I just I think it was an incredible game for him as well. You love to see an interception and a pass deflection. Um, and he almost had a recovered fumble, but Thomas was there as well. Avery Thomas was there as well and almost scored. But... The Niners' uh, sidelines thwarted that touchdown, but the effort was there. So we already kind of talked about how there were sacks all around. A lot of people had multiple tackles, um, and a lot of solo tackles as well. It's fun to see J.R. Brown in for a little bit as well. I really liked that. Any uh, any defensive notes or highlights for you, Timmy?
0: No, I mean I agree. It was it was good to see kind of some rotating players. Getting Ambry Thomas out of the out there, I think was was big. We chatted about that, and I think just there was clearly a revitalized energy. Is that because Wilkes was on the sideline? I don't know. He said he was having a lot of fun. We shut down the run early on, which was a a huge shift from. From last the last couple games, obviously, you know, we had we had shown that was a weakness, and the Niners came out early. They lined up five guys down in the beginning just to kind of say, You're not gonna run on us today. And it worked. And so I think that's yeah. gonna be important to continue that. And clearly yeah. Wilkes enjoyed being on the sidelines. So I mean obviously we made a lot out of that, and but it, it worked. And that's that's what matters. You know, we talk about Purdy making a bad decision, but it worked. And that can be the same thing. Yeah. We can question the method of how Wilkes wound up on the sideline. But this defense was revitalized as heck this week. So,
1: And you just made a huge point, I think, something that uh, we haven't discussed yet, but that I was thinking as well. When they had five guys down, um, and as you said, like, hey, you're not going to run on us today, that is a huge message because the Niners' rush defense has not been good. We've been run over by running backs way more than we have seen in years. And Travis Etienne is in the top three running backs of the year so far. He's been getting incredible amount of touchdowns. So I think that that is a huge message and a huge shutdown. And so I think Trevor Lawrence felt pressure early. He's like, okay, the run game is not there right now. I got to throw the ball. And we we got ahead early, so then forced him to continue to. And so we were all over him with the pressure and the interceptions. Um he was sacked five times, threw two picks, but there's a couple of plays where he just got rid of the ball in time. And one of them was Javon Hargrave forced the the interception. I couldn't believe how underthrown it was when Fred Warner got the interception. But that's just because Hargrave was pulling Trevor Lawrence halfway down to the ground already at that point. But um before we move on to next week, just want to note that we've we've made comments about him. So the impact, the three things that I think uh, well, there's so many, but three of the main things I think were huge yesterday, Chase Young coming onto this team and having a huge impact. And, Timmy, you noted the locker room presence, but also the presence on the field. That had to have been a huge thing. We could spend way more time talking about Steve Wilks and the the factor of him being on the field. I think that was huge. And we could do a whole nother episode talking about at least – personally for me, the respect that I have for Steve Wilkes about how he handled this situation in this last week. He's like, he was saying in press conferences this week, I was built for this. I'm, I'm okay with the adversity. We're going to continue to, to move forward and be great. And it's okay that I'm on the field and I'm going to take responsibility for that. I thought that was cool. Um, and then Trent Williams being there is huge. It is do or die with with Trent Williams. I think we we do when he is there, and it seems like we die when he's not. So we can't necessarily measure the impact of those things, but those are the main things that stick out to me of huge things that helped, helped us destroy yesterday. Having every offensive weapon available and thriving was incredible. So I felt like this was such an all-around team game effort, not just on the stat sheet and not just because everybody got a touchdown, but if somebody was making a big play somewhere, somebody was taking advantage of that in a really big way. So um Timmy any Timmy any thoughts on those kind of three factors that they have or No, I mean I
0: think that's it's important stuff and it's it's going to be important down the stretch too that the Niners continue to play like this cuz we are going to play better teams than the Jaguars even though they were a good one.
1: Not next week though with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now they are way better than we expected, but I would not say they're at Jaguars level. So, let's look ahead to next week against the Buccaneers. Um, just this last week, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers played the T- Tennessee Titans, and they beat them 20-6. to So, Baker Mayfield had two touchdowns and interception. Uh, I wouldn't say the Tampa Bay run game is anything to be afraid of, which with Rashad White leading that. Um, but the, the duo of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin has always been a pretty good duo, especially Mike Evans this year and every year it feels like. So what do you, what do, what are the main things that you're looking for next week, Timmy?
0: I'm, I mean, I'm looking to see this D line feast again. Baker Mayfield has been, been playing well, right. But he's, He's still Baker Mayfield. I like Baker a lot, but I'm hoping to see Chase Young and Nick Bosa bring some of the fire that uh that Bosa has brought when he's played Baker before. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking to see the D line. I want him to shut I need him to shut down the run again. That's big. I need the D line all, all over Baker. And I need the offense to continue to hum. I mean, we just want we want to be able to stop the run and we want to be able to run the ball. If we can do those two things, we'll win the game. So we should win, but the Bucks have been hanging with good teams. So I don't know that we can rule anything out, you know?
1: No, you're you're absolutely right. Where they they have been far better this year than we had thought. I mean, week nine, hard to go off of anything last week. Like they beat the tight or yesterday they beat the Titans twenty to six. As I said, I think they should should have gone more. But they they just lost to the Texans on week nine, thirty nine to thirty seven, huge game. Uh, Baker, yeah, I don't even know how. The, uh, the Buccaneers did so well because Baker only threw the ball 30 times, 21 completion. He did have a 119 quarterback rating with two touchdowns, no interceptions. Rashad White had two touchdowns, but only uh, 70, 73 yards off 20 attempts. Uh, Cade Otten had two touchdowns. So, quite quite the game last week. I know the, the Buccaneers linebackers, Levante David and Devin White, were everywhere. So, I think... I'm trying to even I'm trying to decide what I think about the Buccaneers defense other than those cuz it's not what it used to be. It used to be insane. Those two linebackers were part of the the insane team and they're still really good. Uh they've got Vita in the middle, Antoine Winfield, safety, um and I thought their corners used to be some of the best in the league. I know Carlton Davis, I think that's his name, uh was one of the top guys and maybe I know is kind of come and go, so maybe maybe he's not the top guy anymore. Um, but it's a good defense. I don't think it's that great of an offense, though. Um, they've got Tristan Worfs for their left tackle, so I know that they have a pretty good O line. I think um, they certainly did when Tom Brady was there. But it's it's not a game that I I would I would be way more worried about the Jaguars. And so if we're coming off a thirty four to three win against the Jaguars, who were completely healthy that i'm aware of to a buccaneers game especially at home i've got some big expectations for as you said timmy this d line should be another game where they feast um that makes me want to make my bold prediction with the with the the d line coming in hot um i don't know i i feel like this should be a pretty easy more than two touchdown win
0: I, I agree. If we play the way we played on on Sunday, this is this is a cruising, this is cruising to a win, and I, I expect to see that. I think that's what'll happen. But you gotta we obviously as we've learned over the past month, you cannot take anything for granted in the NFL. So we gotta no. we got we can't let our guard down. You know,
1: absolutely. Uh, and every team is an NFL team. So we we come off of a week where we beat AFC's number two team. Thirty four to three, I'll say it again. Um and now we're playing a... I uh I mean the Bucks technic- I think they're leading their division, or they certainly could be. Um they're four and five, so they're right behind the Saints who are five and five. Um but again, it's a whole new week. We've seen crazier things happen. Uh yeah, so I feel great about it, but again, it's an it's an NFL team, so Let's look back this last week. Bold predictions. Timmy had Chase Young sack, Nick Bosa sack, Javon Hargrave sack, and I will count the half sacks. So that is a correct bold prediction. We should definitely be keeping track of how many correct ones we
0: have. Honestly, I think that's the first time I've been correct all year. So,
1: Uh, I had Brock Purdy, three touchdowns, one interception. I did him dirty. He was three touchdowns, no interceptions. He was clean. Debo touchdown, yes. Kittle touchdown, Yes. And not a receiving and rushing touchdown for Christian McCaffrey. That was stolen by Kyle Juszczyk. Yeah,
0: freaking <laughs> um, Juice. I thought it was McCaffrey too. I was sitting at a bar and I was like, "Is that McCaffrey?" And I was like, "Wait, it's Juice!" People are looking at me yeah, like I'm not insane because they were like, "Not." I was not with other 49ers fans. They're so like, "Who the heck is Juice?" Like nobody knew what I was talking about.
1: Yeah. I stood um, up
0: for the fourth down. Christian McCaffrey tried to get his touchdown. So normally you don't stand up in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, I get that. <laughs> um, I'm going to do – it's going to be a very similar – I guess it's going gonna, it's gonna to look similar to the, the game yesterday. But I'm going to say five sacks from the defense, two interceptions, and Brock Purdy is going to get three touchdowns again. And he can, he can get one rushing. I'll allow that. That's what I got. I think yeah. I think they can do that.
0: No, I uh, I I agree. I think I'm I was going to go offense as well. I'm going to McCaffrey touchdowns. I think he makes up for it. I don't care if they're rushing or receiving, but I think he's going to make up for not not getting in this week. And he's going to remind us that he's the best offensive player in the NFL. I mean, he had 17 fantasy points without a touchdown. The like, dude is incredible, and I think he's going to keep rolling. So yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of predictions you can make, but that's what I'm going with. I want to see McCaffrey
1: in the end zone
0: end zone twice
1: and it's incredibly possible (laughs) that it happens uh it just happens all the time so good stuff uh moving forward what a what a you know we didn't do nitpicking dominance but I don't other than Purdy's poor decision that resulted in a touchdown I I can't think of anything I have a hard time
0: criticizing that because it worked like I get that it was wrong I understand that but it also worked
1: yeah it's you know as I I'm not saying I'm a quarterback coach. I'm sure Brian Greasy and Kyle Shanahan are saying, hey, yeah, like that worked this time, but that's like a one out of ten times that that's going to work, so enjoy your your one out of ten. You do that another nine times, and that's going to be an interception. That's probably how they're looking at it. Um, I'm kind of with you and potentially with Brock of like, hey, it worked. I'm not going to well, suck too hard not about sure it. I'm sure
0: Brock said that. I mean, Shani was saying that Brock was like, yeah, he gets what he did wrong. Like, he knows.
1: Totally. Um, but I mean, (laughs) it was flawless. That's, I think that's the main thing. We're just basking in this morning is that was a flawless game. It was so fun. So cool to see just firing a definition of firing on all cylinders. So many defensive guys were in the mix. Just about every offensive weapon got a touchdown except for Christian, but he still put up a lot of good yards and points. So just such a good feeling. We're going to be Uh, George Kittle's rule. You got 24 hours. Enjoy it and cherish it. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy it all week. I'm going to enjoy it all week. I don't have to prepare like they do. So I'll enjoy this one for you, George.
0: Yeah, I will. I will enjoy it as well. It was good to see the Niners humming again. And I, uh, I see no reason why we will, we will stop doing that. So should be be absolutely. Well, listeners as always, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy this week's 49ers game. And uh, Daniel, any parting thoughts?
1: Just enjoy this one with me this week. Bask in it. (laughs) That's that's all I got.
0: Well, with that, uh, have a good one and, and stay safe out there, everybody.